Oh my God, welcome back to another lovely episode of The Bald and the Beautiful. I am Trixie Mattel. I couldn't agree more. And I'm also Katya. <laughs> and today we have the distinct pleasure of having, is this our first heterosexual guest? I am, I, first of all, I do not believe in labels. Okay. I don't believe in labels, honey. I don't, I don't see that. I don't do that. Um, but it is our first, I believe, accomplished Hollywood actor. A straight person is just someone who hasn't seen the prom yet. <laughs> Actually, I watched the prom and it turned me straight. Oh, word. It was so gay that I said, no, I don't want that. I'm not that gay. I'm not that gay. Here we are. Okay. Hi, Jamie. Welcome back. Yay. Hello. We had some previous technical difficulties and we've, we've grown and we've worked through that. And yeah. Here we are. In the yeah. drag industry, we call these testicular in, uh, difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we, we're just introducing you. Uh, you're probably the first. Is this the first heterosexual person we've had on the podcast? Hey, I'm not going to assume. I'm not going to assume his preference, but uh, yeah, I think so. Sir, you have never going? had a head throw? I don't think so. So I'm like a I'm like a gold plated guest. Is that what they call it? Or platinum? You are you're a diamond in the you're you're um yeah. Uh, Pearls of before swine or whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly one of the most decorated Hollywood icons. I'm so happy you reached out. We have Jamie Kennedy here, everybody. Woo! Thank you for having me. Appreciate How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm really good. I actually just opened this up because I spilled coffee in between our mixed stuff. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> and a white and a white outfit. It's over for you. I know. Pre pre uh, Memorial Day. Oh so my god! You have a, you're uh, you're semi new to the podcasting world yourself too, right? Ish. Um, I started in 2017 and I did a little bit, but I got so busy and then yeah. it's a lot of work. And then once the pandemic hit, I'm like, I just really got to do it. And I just look at a podcast now, like a Twitter handle or Instagram. It's just another you know thing of yeah. who you are. And um, so I've been doing a pretty consistency for the, you know. Do you ever, do you ever like, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, <laughs> the, there, between the various forms of social media and then the podcast and other like, um, and especially because we often do uh, forms of media that basically just show ourselves, not characters really or acting. Sometimes I just want to say, fuck all of this and go live in a hut. In like Siberia. Yeah, you ever want to live in a hut in Siberia? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the hut, not Siberia. Probably <laughs> like you know Fort Myers somewhere down there in okay. Florida. You know, a little tiki hut, a little rum action. You know, what I mean, <laughs> definitely it's it's like overwhelming. On you yeah. got to post here, and I got to add a tag, and then I got to do a link, and then they yeah. got to swipe it up. Yeah, and just when you have a handle on one, they invent a new one. And then it's also like, I know as clubhouse. A, I've been in clubhouse. It's like, I can't sit here for five hours with this conversation. Okay. You, How many cancellations are going to happen? You have to explain to me. On that. Ex please explain to me what in the, cause I got invited by my friend in Spain to join clubhouse. And then she described what it was. And I was like, that sounds like a it sounds fucking horrible. nightmare. What oh, is it? Nightmare. What, 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 well, everybody's on it now. All the, influencers and people so i mean you did have elon in there and mark zuckerberg and everybody else and basically you get invited like i didn't get invited by like four or five cool people and i was still in beta but basically 
So you guys, you're having a pod about something, and all of a sudden, you have people that are watching. So you're on stage, and maybe you'll have one other person. You're just talking amongst yourself. And then you'll have an audience of like 12 people. And then you can say, hey, uh, there's Priscilla. Let's let her come up. And then she may say something to you. The thing is, though, people stay on it for hours and they say shit and they forget they're talking. And now people are recording those combos and putting them on YouTube and going, oh, so-and-so was on so-and-so. And here's what they said. It's a wrap. I that sounds like a cancellation. It sounds like a factory. <laughs> I think it's a tra- it's, ooh, a, it's a it trap. It could be like a trap. It could be like what they did. To- oh, that's interesting. I mean, and so that, there's another one going to come out now, and I just forgot the name of it, but it's going to come. It's going to be there, another version of it. Oh my that, god! I mean, that sounds like someone who this sounds like a like a tabloid. Uh, you know, a reporter was like, "How can we? How can we leverage um, people's narcissism into like a surefire way to get them like to say shit that they won't get? You know, cancel whatever, right? Whatever. As if we need any more. You know, wow. Here's what else is happening. Okay, so I don't know. I assume your hours are bizarre, right? Like I see, like especially every, this like, one. Every every night, I feel like I wake up between three and five. I know, I know, it's like the witching hour, but I feel yeah, like I it's been happening a lot, right? Uh-huh. And you could go on Clubhouse and it'll be packed with people just talking. Do you know how loopy you are at 3 a.m.? That sounds like tweaker. I, I was going to say, <laughs> that is big tweaker energy right there. But it's not. It's all types of industry and people <laughs> talking. People are up at 2 a.m. giving or. Uh, I was going to say or- oratory. <laughs> they're giving oratory uh, speakings. And they're talking like in different industries about music, about comedy, about fashion. And you can just listen. It's crazy. Oh my God. This is, I am so glad that this was not around like two years ago. <laughs> because, oh like, gosh. I mean, I could, this is something I would do if I'm alone and I'm in a, ma- like, and I'm in like a fit of mania. I would get on and be like, I'm going to give a lecture on physics. Totally. And to people in Germany. Oh my God. I never took a physics class in my life, but I just stream of consciousness. You'd be on a bender like, I'm about to let these children yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all yeah. want to know about quantum theory? Here we go. Like, and then it would just, before you know it, I'm like, you know, oh, that's really frightening. That's, but it's popular. Yeah. Or me it drunk ranting you. about my family. Well, it's, it's, so Anderson, I think this is Anderson Horowitz is a big, like, investment firm up in tech in the Valley. And they are like, once they invest in something, it's like supposed to be the next. So yeah. now it's everyone in LA I know who is, you know, quote unquote influential is on it. And a lot of people in Silicon Valley is on it. And I think yeah. it's just normal it's, people are chomping at the bit to get in there. It's, it's crazy. I have to, I mean, I have to, you kind of hit your first like big few hits when you were at an age where now to be that age and like be famous, you have to be plugged into every platform at all time. Yeah. Or they're not interested, which yeah. is so mm-hmm. fascinating. Like you don't really have an option to like break through and not have Instagram now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No way. It's like you, they look at you now, how many followers I had. A, an actress tell me recently, she walked in and the casting actor was like, how many followers you got? What's your collective count? And like, this girl who's not that known in mainstream, but is huge. She's like, well, I have 8 million and all the, like literally three girls got up. And was like, bye. <laughs> and it's a big deal now because I was, you know, I'm you were reading for a part with these girls. 
no, it, the nineties was the last of like, I believe mainstream, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's been disrupted, which is great, you know, cause everybody deserves a voice and everybody can be creative. And there's a lot of great stuff coming out of the new forms of distribution, but like it, it, you, you know, I'm always, we had the video camera. So that was a big thing in the nineties, but you could like get the tape and like throw it out if there was something <laughs> yeah, weird, you know, right. but now it's done. It's a wrap. Like yes. people are just taping, snapping, not disappearing, vanishing. It's, you're t- I, I don't text anything. I wouldn't say in person. Oh, yeah. that, that's good to live by. I mean, honestly, like yeah. people now have to start doing stand up constantly like knowing that that moment could live forever i guess out of context and i guess before it was not the case yeah we were just talking about like now we had shows we can't even count on like shows being not pirated like stand up being pirated the second you think of something brand new set you're trying out somebody tapes it and puts it out there and it's like well then you go to a show and your fans have already heard it oh it's 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 yeah there's no gym anymore unless you like shut down the cameras and that's just hard to do you have to just make peace with it you know it's like napster you know you can't fight it you gotta just go with it and and there's gonna be a lot of parallel thinking and then there's gonna be things taken out of context and then there's you know so it's there was a time though where you would be like you know but let's try to you know this person didn't mean that or whatever not now this is we just live in this new culture where they're like ooh get that person take them down it's just yeah, it's, it's over. an interesting over it's, for you, bitch. it's a wrap <laughs> so i was a dunzo <laughs> so when i was probably to have you which i'm so happy you're here i have to ask you you know this one and i work in an industry where everybody has a, an alter ego we have a fake personality i have to ask you about a certain marty powers please tell us about marty <laughs> powers <laughs> A hundred percent. He didn't have, he didn't put wigs on though. It's a different alter ego, but fabulous. But no, it was basically like, you know, I was, I was starting out. I was very broke, you know, as we all are. And mm. I was working as a telemarketer in oh Hollywood, not too far from the seventh veil, you know, like that, you know? And so it was like, we would go and we were selling toner. You know, toner is the stuff that you put in copy machines. It was an unsexy job. And it, I was, well, yeah, I was getting, it depends yeah. how you really, yeah. you know. you're at. <laughs> but so I had to basically call different cities and try to basically find out the copy machine. And that's how the people would sell. They would find who's in the office. So I'd be like, I'd be like, hi, my Hi, how are you? Uh, this is Phil down here at Copies R Us. And uh, basically what we're doing is I need to find that copier machine you got the office. What's it say on it there? I would have to call. I'd call all over the country. So let's ask Tom Texas. I'd be like, hey, how are you, Mabel? Uh, this is Jeffrey down here at Copies R Us. And basically, uh, I need to get that copier number on that machine you can get in there. And so she would go, all right, let me go get that for you. And it would be like FT109. And that would be like a cannon or something and uh basically i would then find that number and then i would go and give that number to our salesperson and they would try to sell them a better tone and that's basically uh, how it started but i would call brooklyn i'd be like hey how are you these old fuck copier you know uh, i would call a lot of places doing a lot of different accents and that's how i got good with marty and so i looked at myself as a product i read a book 
called Think and Grow Rich. And then basically told me how I could do it and basically how to treat yourself as a product. Take three no's, hang up, all of that stuff. This is the Jamie Kennedy School of Acting. Oh, my God. This and is- also how to sell yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. Well, here's what you would do, right? You would look at yourself and you would say, name five people in your industry, okay? And look at five traits that are you feel that you're better than them at and five traits where you can improve it. So whatever you're in, I would look around at people that were very successful or just getting TV spots. And I'm like, well, I did a gig with that person last week. I got bigger laughs. I think I'm as, as good looking, if not better. Um, I'm very physical on stage. I, you know, I, uh, I would be like, I would break it down. And then I would be like, I have to do this. And so you build this confidence up. You know what I'm saying? Confidence. So Marty Powers was uh, your fake agent, basically? Marty Power was a character that I did. And basically, in a nutshell, it was, I, I'm trying to do it here. It was the very, uh, it was an older character. I, it's harder to do it because I don't really have the microphone. And you would, what you would do is you compare things. So back in the day, I would say, uh, yeah, I had a kid here who's a cross between uh, Robbie Benson and James Woods. And that was like, <laughs> you remember Robbie Benson? Oh, Ice God. In the early 90s, that was a good mix because it was like lovable puppy dog, but like a little edge, a little psycho. So that's yeah. how I was done myself. Oh my god! In that like that voice is that, that I believe that voice. I love you. Should be like everyone, that. shut up. It'd be a house party. You'd be like everyone, shut up. Turn off the music. It's for Marty. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's a really smart idea. It's like um, I think you know, there, that's like a thing. If you have you're starting out and you um, you know, say you know, call my call my office or whatever. Your answer is like, Hello, this is Doctor Susan's office. I can connect you right. Up. You know, you do that, and then this like an air of legitimacy is is conveyed, right? When I first started selling my own merchandise, I sold it myself, and I was touring at the same time. So I'll be gone for weeks, and then the emails will start to roll on, like, "Where's my shirt?" And I had a like Stephen from my merchandise, which was me answering emails. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they were oh, really mad, did. I would chime in for my real email and personally apologize. And they'd be like, it's okay. I'm such a fan. Yeah. I think it's important to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Who's yeah. giving us a break? Yeah. Yeah. And also no sometimes. wants you in the yeah. beginning. No one wants you in this business. Especially it's like, well, we want you, but um, we, we need you to have credits. It's like, well, no one gave you a credit. So then you don't have a credit. So how do you get a credit without a credit, Mary? Exactly. You have to. Yeah. You have to be co-signed. Someone has. To, oh, someone else has to like you first, and then you get the tape, and then the tape goes and it, yeah, it's yeah, totally that. Yeah. No, I mean, what's I? I I want to talk about auditions because I went like I've I've only had a few auditions for like you know teeny small acting roles, and almost I think every single one of them was absolutely terrifying, horribly. Um, like, and I, I just. I mean, they were so bad. Like, yeah. it just bombed so bad. I mean, and I, like, I, I can, all, all like, in the best circumstances, I can, like, act pretty decently well. But, like, what was the worst audition experience we've ever had? <laughs> you guys see the face Jamie just made. It's like, it's like, how much time do you have? Um, hey. I mean, that's like, I wish I prepared for that. I'm sorry. Um, Can I ask you, I'll ask you a version of that. Go for it. I'm, so, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a couple, but go for it. Okay. You've had like the privilege of like having the script in your hand on audition for so many movies, like 
Clueless, which is my all-time favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Titanic, of course. Is there anything that you were like, I would have fucking nailed that? Um, we were standing outside their house you like, you're know, making a mistake here. <laughs> I'm getting Marty. Um, you know, I really, you know, I did a table read for a movie called Saving Silverman. Do you remember that movie? Mm. Yes, With yes, Jason, yes, yes. Uh, Biggs. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. wasn't a huge movie, but it would have been a great breakthrough for me as like a beginning starring role. Mm. And, um, when you do a table read, it kind of like green lights the movie, you know? So the director was there who directed it, Dennis Dugan. Michael Keaton was at the table read. Jack Black, Steve Zahn. I think Jason, no, Jason Lee was there. So some of the actors that were in the movie were there and some of the actors weren't there. And um, I was, I really wanted that role because it was like, and I, Amanda Pete, I believe was his girlfriend and me, I, I'm not sure if Minas Uvari was in it, but it was just a fun little comedy. And I really, I did so much preparation in the reading of it. I thought, oh, I hope I could get that. But it is. So that was, when you do table reads, you really want to get the role. I was um, like, in terms of movies, shit, I'm trying to think of a movie that I was really up for that you would know that I didn't get. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, there was a couple, there was a movie called The Big Hit with Mark Wahlberg. That was a great movie, and I was in that movie, but the schedule didn't work, so I couldn't do that. That was kind of a bomb. Because sometimes I, I feel like you do leave with a feeling like, I really am good for that. You know what I mean? You leave with like, oh, I would be really good for that. I would have been incredible. I think I, I really should have been. Um, well, uh, Troy, you know, I thought <laughs> I had the same type of chest as Brad Pitt, but, you know, I understand they wanted to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, I tried out for Rose McGowan. I could have been, been soldier number six, neurotic. Come on, Troy, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? I, don't trust I could have played woman number two. Yeah, I would have been. Um, <laughs> I would have been a great um, Nomi in Showgirls. I have the same body. Yeah. You're the same body and exactly the same. Body I could have been type. Gina Gershon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the movie oh, Showgirls, what? Jamie? Of course, Showgirls. You don't even know my connection with it. First well, of all, please tell us. <laughs> Well, Showgirls is like coming around as kind of this like beautiful piece of pop art, right? I think it's yeah. getting the appreciation it deserves. Totally. And at the time, I think it was misunderstood. I think it was over the top, but it was meant to be. Um, and I was just talking to one of the actors who I love, Robert Davi, who was in it. And he's got one of the most craziest, I don't know if I could say it on the pod, lines in like cinematic history. And is that it in my hard way? He's what? Which line is it? I mean, can I say it? We, we, yeah, we can believe it. Believe it. Absolutely. But he's like, look, you know what? And if they don't come in, it's something about it. if they don't come in your face, you know, you got to ask what? Something literally, he says that. And that was a big, I was a huge, like, what the heck? I mean, that would be a big line today, but back then, it was crazy. And um, that movie is one of the movies that Randy quotes. He says, you know, you know, absolutely frightening and screen too, you know, showgirl. And now I think that people are I don't know, I've been hearing a lot about showgirls lately. And I think people I love showgirls. Yeah, I mean I, I do too. Yeah, at the time I I mean I, I did I watched a document or it was a documentary or something. I there was at the time I feel like a Gina Gershon knew during filming she knew what was happening. You think? No, no, she knew. Yeah, she oh. said that she knew this was camp. She and but other people did not. 
like Elizabeth Berkeley. So like, you know, there was a lot of like, there was a realization on her part of like, oh, I know what kind of movie we're making here. But right. other people involved did it and like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Berkeley just went for it. And then it was panned. But it is one of the most watchable movies I've ever, you know, in terms of quote unquote bad totally. films. It is so it's, gripping, so entertaining. Every scene is. Yeah. It's also, big. It's bold. It's yeah. loud. It's over the top. It's sexy. Yeah. It's in your face. Yeah. I love it. And the dance scenes were real good. Well, let's, let's take, take a break. break. I have to say, when I first saw that movie, I didn't know that people thought it was bad. I was like, oh, that was that was a cool movie. But I understand that yeah. gay people might have a proclivity for the over-the-top <laughs> campus yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it, it really fucked Elizabeth Berkeley up for a long time. Yeah, I listen, I'm not one to comment on it because I wasn't in it. And then I know how hard it is to make a movie. I like the movie. I'm saying that some of the reviews might have been a little harsher. But I think it's coming around now as this big kind oh, yeah. of shining light of art. Like you said, it was it was big and it was bold and it was cabaret-esque. Yeah, yeah. Total re- like his Paul Verhoeven is so like his movies are incredible. Total recall. I mean, so wild. So wild and over the top. I mean, also, maybe she is so fucking hot in that movie. Yeah. The like yeah. purple makeup yeah. with like, I mean, her body. Is insane. Insane. Totally insane. Yeah. That pool scene, the sex of, scene in the pool. Yeah. I mean, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Although that she and um, Gina Gershon talking about doggy chow, you know, how they used to eat dog food in this like, you know, lesbian erotica like moment in Vegas talking about dog food. I mean, it's, it's a little yeah. over the top. You know? <laughs> Whenever I go to the mall in Vegas, there's that, what's it called? The mall there? They're eating oh. in the food court in that mall. Whenever I go through there, I think of like, we're all whores, darling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that mall it has like show in it. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, it's called like, oh god, people are reminds me of it. It's called like, it's called it's like a, isn't it like an Egyptian theme that mall? Oh, um, the Egyptian. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, I always <laughs> think of that scene. Yeah. Do you like Vegas? Have do you work? Have you worked in Vegas a lot? A lot. I love yeah. Vegas. You I do. Like, I'm all about it. It's actually a whole other subculture there of like. Summerlin and Henderson that's off the strip it's really healthy and you can like work out and play golf and but I love the strip too I'm all about you know eating a buffet yeah I will say <laughs> that that was a Bacchanal that Bacchanal buffet is lit it's oh, insane top five like yeah. it's gotten reviews like worldwide it is a worldwide it's incredible what is that it called is the, Bacchanal? The, the Bacchanal the Bacchanal you have the line is ours you have to like yeah. get a good player's card. But, but the food is, like, it is like amazing. I don't give a shit yeah. what kind of food it is. I'm not going to wait hours in line. Well, what no, else is there to do there? To. You, can, you can get in with the VIP card or something, but it's every type of food. And I mean, like Michelin star chefs. It's incredible. Yeah. It's really dessert day. Even just like desserts alone is wow. worth it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's uh, really fierce. I mean, I did go, I, the first time I went to Vegas, I cried at the fountains of Bellagio. Because <laughs> they told you no swimming. <laughs> no, because you know the water. And there was Sarah Brighton was playing, and I cried. I have a question for you, Jamie. That I'm kind of asking all the comedians: What's yeah. going to happen when we all go back to the stage? Like, do you remember your sets at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been actually been doing it slowly. We've been playing 
you know, like parking lots and fields and mountain valleys. Because I have talked to like I was talking to Whitney Cummings about this, and she said it's a different experience out there with people in their cars and stuff. Oh, it totally is. You get a honk, and you're like, ah, <laughs> headlights. Um, it is different. It's nothing like the human interaction, obviously, but. I would say, yeah, I mean, I've been writing some newer stuff and mixing it, but no, I can't remember half of it. And just, it, you'd be amazed, though, at how many people really do. They're so appreciative. So crowds are very, and less offended, you know? Okay. So they're much more like, oh, thank you. And it, it's therapeutic. You're going to realize how therapeutic it is for you when you do it. You're going to, it's, you really do count your blessings, not to sound like corny. Yeah, that makes sense. It feels like there would probably be less, like, more of a, a, a grateful element in the audience and make perhaps less hecklers once things come back to, like, sw- normal or whatever. Yeah. I mean, at least I hope. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's, 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 they, there's enough to worry about to not worry about a joke, but I'm sure there's going to still be people that do worry about that. Besides, there's cars out there. If they say if they see something they don't like, they'll just put it in drive and <laughs> take you out. <laughs> you drive off. I, you know, what's crazy is I did the Roosevelt last week. So they've been doing these shows in the parking lot. And it was great. But like the first, it looked packed. And then I realized the first three rows were like the active cars. And then the last three rows were just parked cars. <laughs> I, was, I was like, no, no. I thought I was like killing in the first three rows. I'm like, the last three rows hates me. But I'm like, oh, there's no, nobody else. That's fucking funny. They're just abandoned vehicles that haven't <laughs> run in years. <laughs> they just told you there's people there. Oh my God, you could do like a cemetery set with people just perched on individual gravestones. You know what I mean? You know. Well, they do those movies in the cemetery, right? Yeah, they do. Don't they? I think. And uh, Hollywood Forever, I think. Or, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They do. They yeah. do. They do. Movies. Have you been to those, Jamie? I haven't. I'm supposed to go because Scream is playing a few times and different movies i've been in but i haven't but i heard they're amazing they're yeah. these big like inflatable you know movies doesn't screenplay but probably semi-regularly there i'm sure i mean it's if like, you're gonna sit in the if you're gonna sit in the graveyard yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is can i can i ask you a ghost question you get good residual checks from that movie from those movies from the show ghost wait, wait, no scream? From, from scream Oh yeah, do very oh. well. He's it's, it's he's got an assistant, and he's got. I know, I know. I'm just curious, though. I'm just curious. I get. I did one an enterprise, an enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I have is enterprise is a great program where you can rent a car for a monthly, and it's a better deal. And that way, I'm trying to figure out what car I'm going to get. My last car was done pre-pandemic, so that's oh. what that is. And we so I accept different cars every month. You got to give us some car advice. Yeah, we want cars. Okay, no. well, hold on. Do you, do, I was Ubering so much and I was out of town so much that I was like, I had a car and I never used it. Well, so that's that I, the thing. Yeah. And so that I sold it and I was like, I don't need a car. And now I need a car. And so I don't know. Do you want to buy one? You can buy one, but it's like a depreciating asset. You can I want to steal one, John. <laughs> it is a depreciating <laughs> asset. But wait, let me. So if I have a car and I don't use it, do you lose it? <laughs> it's not like it doesn't like atrophy necessarily the same way a person's muscles would if they were bedridden, right? Like I'm not have to go wash the sores and like, you know, but like I know that if I left it alone for 10 years, something bad would probably happen. Maybe. I don't know. 
Yes. They would just get outdated, you know, and they're updating them so quick now. And it's like, mm-hmm. it is, they literally say, when well, you drive a car off the lot, you basically lost money. Yeah. You're like, it's like and, you, you, you snip a hole in your pocket as you, as you walk away. Yeah. You've had some hot definitely. sexy cars, I'm sure. I know when you did Scream, didn't you buy yourself like a, a retro Porsche or something? As, Close. Did you have a fancy you did car? Some good research. Uh, I, my first big purchase i took pretty much my whole check my whole paycheck which was about eighteen thousand dollars which was a lot of money still a lot of money yeah that's a lot and of money. i went and i bought myself in my uh, the, the it was like 18 and one i made on the movie and the car was like 18 five and so i went and i bought a bmw and it was like a used but it was like a stick shift it was like a 328 it was like uh-huh. a little off 325 Okay. And it just zipped everywhere. And I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, I got my first like purchase out of Hollywood. And she's like, what'd you get? I'm like, it's BMW 328i, you know, stick shift. And she's like, that's a showy car. Show <laughs> off. <laughs> Mr. Show off. How'd you get a BMW? What is wrong with a Honda? I'm like, I've worked six years. Like, What's I wrong mean- with an accident? He was show off, and she really, I really pissed me off. I was like, screw you, this is what I want. And then was like, you know what? Let me tell you what, moms, you're you're never gonna get the reaction you want. <laughs> yeah. You never get whether good or bad, you're never I bought my mom a house this year. She was wow. in the, my mom's my mom owns my mom rents a trailer in the country. I bought her a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar four bedroom home in Milwaukee. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I brought Your that parking lot shows are going good. It's the pot, <laughs> it's that sick podcast money. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, I bought this house for her. I bring her, my mom rents a trailer in the country. I bring her there. She goes, they look bigger in pictures. <laughs> no. go, Do you want to move back to the trailer, mom? Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. But long story Wait, short, what state is she from? She's from here, Wisconsin. So she was lit. Oh, it's cold. Yeah, she's, so like, she's like, oh, real high balotin. Yeah. Beer, beer battered cheese curds in the cold, in a trailer, and you get her a house. <laughs> yes. And she's wow. like, oh, she's like, it has stairs. You know, I don't have good knees. How am I supposed to get down to the date? I'm like, I'm sorry, your house has so many floors. I'm over here in my 1,200 square foot, you know, Hollywood pad. But oh anyway, moms will never give you what you want. But I will say, I read that on screen too, when uh, your character, rest in peace, passes away, your mom was on set that day watching you get brutally murdered. <laughs> I, this is all facts. Um, yes, that was actually a beautiful moment, if you can make it one. Because um, I had like the whole afternoon was just me, you know what I mean? And so I had the killer and he's stalking me and all the different angles. And so Roger, who's awesome, who's Ghostface, is like, he's really... He sounds really scary. So West gave me a phone. My mom and dad were visiting. And the stuff that he said to me during the scene is not what's in the movie. And um, Was he trying he to make you laugh? <laughs> well, you know, he would say stuff and I would be like weirded out. And he would, I forget, he says a couple personal things. And I was whoa. And then, and then he said, I'm your mother. Your mother is next to me. And I remember my mom was like there and West didn't tell me where he was. I didn't know where what they call base, where the where the tent is, where you're looking, where uh, the monitors are, and so I had no idea. 
And I'm just looking around. So when I'm looking, I'm actually looking. I'm like, my mom there? Like, what the hell? I thought she went shopping. <laughs> and so he he got me good. That's he got so me good. Cool. I would love it if he had some personal issues he wanted to work out before you left. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, and I always thought you were really short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your mom thinks your car is showing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The stick shift, how huh? you think you're hot shit. Do you think I could learn a stick? How long does it take to learn a stick shift? I, I know how to drive technically. Like, well, I mean, I can, I could get, you know, I could drive a mile without killing anybody or myself. I pretty confidently, but I have no idea how to learn a stick shift. How, how long do you think it takes to do that? And is it worth learning at this point in my life? I'm over 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my answer I, off I, the I, air. I, I think we're all not going to have to drive soon. Even cars are going to be picking us up. Uh, but, you know, you go to Target parking lot. It's not hard. A couple of lessons. Yeah, um, It's couple, basically okay. like this. Here's your foot. Here's the stick. Right? So, as imagine it's like a gripping thing. Right? So, as you're, you push that in and the car won't move. So, as you let your foot, you put the thing in so it's like, Boom, boom, first. Then slowly let the the thing out. And as it goes, it will catch. And then you'll start zooming. And then as that's coming, the pedal is going. Does this make sense? Yes. So you guys are uh, uh, left on the um, uh, gas, right left on the clutch? Left on the clutch, left. right on the gas. But don't you take oh. the gas. You let it come out slowly. And then you give it a little bit of gas. Let me ask this. in a parking lot. And then when Jimmy it Kennedy, me, can we get you to commit to giving us two to five stick shift driving <laughs> lessons? Yeah. yeah. The Target parking lot. Why would are, is why would people why 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 do people drive standard uh, uh, transmissions? Is it funner? Wait, is it more fun? Is standard stick or stick? No, yeah, oh, you yeah. mean stick? Oh, because when I had my BMW, I don't know if you guys remember the '90s in LA, and maybe weren't around then, but. Everybody had the BMW and the Porsche. And there's something about like, well, it's still bumper to bumper, but now it's all different. But when you're going over the 405, you know, you can really open it up. I'm not even a car guy, Mm -hmm. but a beautifully car, a European car is so beautifully made. And it's not to sound like a car head and I'm not, but it's tight. So it's like, you can really feel the power. BMWs are so good. So the stick is good for like really kind of, airing it out if you will okay i feel like that that like top down california dream and zoom zoom lifestyle yeah yeah totally stick i could teach you you know how to drive a standard yeah. i do not believe you in the country it's like all the big trucks are stick if yeah. I, I've, I've only thought about it because like what what if you know um i'm driving somewhere and, and get in a car accident and, and somebody's like you know unconscious dead and i need to drive the car to the hospital or something like that you know there's so many scenarios wait but you used to have a license right yeah, I have a license that's just expired. I know how to drive. Right. But I have no idea about the stick shift. And I, but I see, I know dumbass people, people who have, I mean, close to like, you know, Neanderthal IQs who do drive very well with the stick shift. So I have a, I have a certain level of confidence. I could learn it. Yeah. It's just a couple of moves. You could do it easily. We're dreaming big weird. down You want to yeah. do it just because you're scared of an accident. Jeez, put those thoughts out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that leasing a car? I'm sorry about the car talk, really, yet, but le- should I lease a car? Is it is it worth it to so lease a car? <laughs> You're our only straight friend. Please help us. Please help us, Dad. Dad, please. And I'm not like a gearhead or anything. 
<laughs> yeah, but like in this group, you are the gearhead. Hey, you are know. the you are Need for Speed, Fast and the Furious. Okay. <laughs> also, we should get my brother for his birthday. I'm trying to impress this girl, and I'm just kidding. Yeah. Does he manscape? Uh, <laughs> He's like, Jamie's like, get him a manscape. Use my code. Yeah. Use my offer code. <laughs> I, I know don't we think have a cross buy a car. Just lease a car. Just lease it. Okay. We, we have a friend from LA. No, I'm from Boston. Yeah. So you, I, it's so you, yeah, you're like me. You took the subway, so you didn't need yeah. to drive. Yeah. So we got to get a car. You got to yeah. get a car. Even right now, you want to sit in an Uber with somebody, you know, a little dicey. What kind of car do you want to get? What's the vibe? It's okay. I, I, I found it. It's a small, it's a Range Rover. It's a, a, a Range Rover, um, but it's not the. All the little baby ones. Yeah, the, the, it's called ones. the. Um, they're, they're awesome. Something Q, uh, some, there's something, something, something Q. It's a, it's a baby Range Rover. You know how Range Rovers are kind of giant? Range then, Rover. Yeah, and the not, Land Rovers are tall. Not, they don't have Evoke. a lot of headroom. I still like such a car head. I swear I'm not a car head, but the way you ask me these questions, I just know these cars. <laughs> They're small, but they they zip. Like you yeah, want to go to the, Palm Springs, yeah, the Land Rover Evoque or, you or something to go to like Big that. Bear, yeah. They're good for those trips. Yeah, because if I'm gonna get a car, I I, need, I don't want like a Miata. I need to have a lot of shit. And <laughs> although I don't want to have enough space to have to, have to drive people around, it's like oh, I don't have no room right. in my car. Sorry. Plus, for you, situations might change where housing becomes an issue. And yeah, I mean, maybe I need to live in the car for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She she wants to get a um um a fucking um <laughs> I a vintage a, Beetle. I want to get a Beetle, man. <laughs> Listen, I make a lot of choices that don't make. I've owned a smart car, so I make a lot of hard left choices. Whoa! It's a go kart with an engine. Imagine me, Jamie, your... pulling up to the gay clubs in like 20, 2012 in full drag, six five, blonde hair, getting out of a clown car. <laughs> and because that car was so small, I could pull up to the gay club, back up against the curb, and that still fit like the parking. Wow! Crazy. Wow, did you do that just because that's what you could afford or you wanted to make an entrance? <laughs> well, A, I thought it was cool, and B, at the time, a brand new smart car was like $12,000. So I, a broke person, could yeah. afford like sure. a brand new car. Yeah. I could never yeah. dream about affording a car ever. And th- those cars are made with 96% recycled materials. Isn't that a gag? It's a gag it when you get like fucking you bowled right over by thing. a Volvo on the highway. It was cool. I mean, for me, I was like, I'm never going to have kids. I don't need to know who's back there. <laughs> but it did have a weight limit. And I loved my roommate. My roommate was a really big guy. And it is a 500 pound weight limit. And I couldn't give him rides, which was a gag. And that was my out. Can't. Sorry, fat. I can't give you a ride. <laughs> yeah. It created some friction. You know, Jamie, we have a crossed wire um, because we're good friends with Darren Stein. Are you? Yes, we know her. <laughs> we love her. She because because she loves drag. Wait, do you know what's funny? I don't know if I could say this. You just reminded me that Darren is gay, correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I almost forgot. Okay, Jamie. Wait, Jamie's I asking if Darren forgot. Stein, who wrote Jawbreakers, is gay. I was like, did he? Did he or did she come out in between? I'm like, what well, I think she was. Well, um, was he maybe not out during Sparkler? No, definitely, definitely. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I just you just reminded me because it's been a minute since I did that movie. 
But I think that movie is kind of an iconic movie in the gay community. It, it, um, it's, it's very hard to find. It is, but I believe that Darren just got it on I DVD. want to say Netflix or uh, and DVD. He recently texted me like, "If you come over, I got a copy for you." Because he says it's it's really hard to the hard copies are really hard to come by. Wait, where I I love Darren. He's such a good person. such an, such an icon. Such, that was such. That was my first time in Vegas. That was my first time being like a co-lead. Um, he took such good care of us. And it was just with Park and with, oh, God. So that was pretty oh, early for you, too. It was like early in your career. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was just, we had so much fun. That was like a family, you know what I mean? That set. That's awesome. You have. How do you guys a, know each other? I guess just. Oh, I met him at DragCon. He was at RuPaul's DragCon. It's his big drag convention, and he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, I know you're. You've talked about interviews. Your favorite movie is Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I made that movie, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then he actually hosts these big RuPaul's Drag Race viewing parties at his house. He has this giant projector, and he has all the gays, and he hosts big Oscar parties too. But um, yeah, he loves to watch Drag Race with the couple. girls. Back in the day, wait, I don't know if he was married back then or the boyfriend. I don't know. To a woman, I haven't no. seen him in a while. <laughs> and, you, and you worked with Veronica Cartwright in that movie, Icon. Yes, um, incredible, incredible. She is, and Sandy, Sandy too, Icon. Veronica, Icon. We are so obsessed with her. We are obsessed with her in Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, she's so fucking. When she's possessed, puking oh. up all those cherries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I played on, I was in a music video. I know, so good. She was so, what music video? It was with this band Deep Valley. And in the video, I played like a, um, what's her name? The young girl, the, 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 the pageant girl who was killed. JonBenet. I played like a JonBenet Ramsey, mm-hmm. like a drag queen, like a, ta- and she was my mom. And the whole video, we're in this trailer park, and I'm tap dancing, and she's like whack, like cracking the whip, and then she's feeding me baby food, and then at the end, we're in a trailer, and she strangled me with Christmas lights. <laughs> it was so surreal. I'm like, I'm calling my mom, like Veronica Cartwright is strangling me today. <laughs> but I love her. What song so- was that? I think I heard that. I think I saw that video. Well, Darren actually directed the video. Darren Steinberg, it was uh, uh, a little baby beauty queen, I believe it's called. I think I saw that video because I remember the Christmas lights triangle. The Um, Christmas lights triangle. Do you miss the blonde highlights and sparkler? (laughs) Be honest. (laughs) Do you know what that's from? That was from As Good As It Gets. And I was in that movie and then I had blonde highlights and then Darren liked it. So they just kept it. And so I went over. But yeah, I do. You're cute. Do you miss the pink hair from Romeo and Romeo and Juliet? Do I miss the what? The pink hair. Oh, I wonder if I like people realize. I feel like I kind of started that because we were in the movie and and Baz is like, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "You know, just we had all different palettes of different looks." And I was like, "You know, I think I gotta go. I gotta dye my hair first off." Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do that. And he's like, I think you should do it with Dinah Blonde. And then I'm like, since there's going to be so many different colors and loud sounds and music, I'm like, what about pink? 
And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beers. Oh, like it's it. really beers. It's I bet they are. Now I was... see people doing pink, and I'm wondering if that movie inspired them. Yeah. The upkeep was probably kind of a bitch, but it is cool. Here's what it is. You start with the blonde, you put the pink in, it gets real vibrant, and then you have to do like once a week just to shape up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you actually, so you have a, a, a TV credit that I think is probably my ultimate dream role. Um, uh, a satanic cannibalistic killer. Um, oh God! <laughs> criminal mind. Hey, typecasting. Yes. If I can do, and I mean, like that Acting. is. It is like I mean to tell a priest. I, I, and I, I think I've got it right. To tell it to be questioned by the police, and then to tell a priest that you've served him um, human soup at a <laughs> or something like that. It's so good. He gets. I mean, he gets like apprehended um, in his underwear. With like in a this like small tiny uh, dingy room with a, a bloody pentagram sex symbol. Yes, he totally. sexy. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. It's like my boner city. And then like it was just so. I mean, I die to play a role like that. Was it fun doing that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Criminal Minds is is one of the coolest shows to be a part of, and it's a show that's given a lot of actors that don't normally are known for that that type of role jason alexander yeah. um frankie muñez james vanderbeek and i had to go in i mean and i was like starring in movies and stuff but i still had the audition and i was just, like more than happy to do it and i you know the creator was in the room and he's like he's like he's like man dude that was really good and he's like i'll see you on set tomorrow at 7 a.m and i was like yeah. and i just knew it would be a different look for me, you know, yeah. and to be able to do that, it's based off of some kind of case. And it was less is more, you know, when I put those glasses on and I had that beard and I have to say that much, yeah. I knew. And then it ended up being like voted like a top 10 unsub. And I was like, Oh man, which is like what they call creeps on that show. So I was happy. <laughs> I made, I made a list. I love it. Well, it must be so fun for like, to be able to like, go completely batshit and know. be yourself for once <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. let it all out <laughs> yeah. but before we let you go i have to ask you i have to ask you i love the movie bowfinger so much and when you were standing there with i mean all these icons were you like this movie's about to be that bitch because <laughs> that movie is so funny and every time i watch it i find something new eddie murphy in that movie is really like two completely different people. It's incredible. Multiple. He played multiple characters. He played his, his movie star and then he played his brother. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that was a definite like super college. I didn't go to college. It was like a beautiful summer school college. It was like 16 weeks in the summer, all L.A. Icon here, Steve Martin. Icon here, Eddie Murphy. Icon to, you know, in the Heather making of Graham. Um, icon over here, Christine Baranski. You know, it was just different walks of life. And I was like smack dab in the middle of it. And I was just like kid in a candy store. And Frank, also icon, you know, directing it. I mean, he's Miss Piggy's Yoda. Yeah. Multiple things. And also Ron Howard and Brian Grazer produced it. So it was... I was so lucky. And it was, yeah, every day it was like school. And it was, it was so just shut down funny. all of LA. You had to have known that it was so funny. You had to have been like, people are going to fucking die from this. It is so funny. Yeah. We, it's crazy because it was like, 
it's I think it's like really people really love it as an underrated gem. Like it came yeah. out, it did okay, but box office wise, but people love it. But it's like, yeah, it's definitely lived on in its way. But I, it was when we were doing it, I was like, it was crazy. It's amazing. Well, thank you for letting us harass you on yeah. our podcast. Where can people find you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I so I appreciate this so much. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Kennedy. I have a podcast, Hate to Break It Tea, on Spotify, iTunes, Twitter, Jamie Kennedy, all the usual spots. And uh, I appreciate. It. Sorry, we had so many false starts. Whatever. No, it's out. fine. I really recommend people go to your YouTube and check out the video on why celebrities go broke. I know. I, I listened to it this morning. Yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck." <laughs> I'm doing more like that type of stuff of behind the scenes of like what it's like because people ask me so many questions and it's like yeah. it's true. It's not just drugs and alcohol. There's a lot of people that like, get their little grimy little thumbs Sick of in yeah. Sycophants. Yeah. Sycophants. <laughs> exactly. Steve-O does similar uh, series. steve does kind of similar series that I really enjoy. Where he's just him looking right at the camera being like, this is how it happened. Yeah. I love well, it. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. He, that's, a, that's a wealth of knowledge, Steve-O, yeah. too. So. And of course, like he's like stapling his face to stuff. You know, <laughs> you don't have to go there. <laughs> but thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks, what a Jamie. pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much.